All right, all right. What's up, YouTube land? Hey, guys. Um, my name's Alan. I'm Leon. And today we're going to talk to you about flow states. That's right. And actually, uh, I want to start off this conversation with a definition of flow. And flow is a state that you access uh, where you feel your most... Oh, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, so please bear with us, it is our first podcast, <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely going to define flow right now, I couldn't <laughs> do it off the top of my head, <laughs> but I'll say this. Uh, you will have a definition. <laughs> yeah, uh, flow is actually, it's a term in positive psychology, uh, also known colloquially as being in the zone, and it's the mental state of operation in which a person performing an activity is fully immersed in the feeling of energized focus, full involvement and enjoyment in the process of the activity. And, I mean, probably Leon could say this better, but th there's definitely a purpose to why we want to talk about flow today, uh, because we think it's really useful uh, for people to know about it. I don't know if it's that mainstream. There definitely are figures in the world who do talk about it. There's, uh, there are people like uh, Jason Silva, I don't know if you know who he is, a uh, philosopher, I believe also Psychonaut, if I'm not... <laughs> mistaken but that's a different conversation uh also stephen cutler mm -hmm. uh, which he wrote a book called stealing fire yeah. actually which definitely details what is flow how to access flow why is it important to know about flow mm -hmm. um i mean uh, i have a few ideas of why it's important but what would you say like why why do you think flow is important to know about well for me alan i'm technically considered to be a trauma specialist psychological trauma specialist so for us in terms of psychotherapy what we work on and sort of what we help our patients with is helping them find whatever joy is or what sort of that concept could look like mm -hmm. because a lot of times they come from a pretty traumatic background and they come they, you know come with a pretty traumatic past and so when it comes to flow right and what that looks like <laughs> so when it, as it pertains to flow and what that looks like a lot of times their brains are sort of hyperactive and they're all over the place so they struggle a lot of them a lot of them struggle with anxiety disorders and they struggle with something called post-traumatic stress disorder so um, so they struggle with PTSD and so when it comes to PTSD your brain is essentially all hyper alert and you're thinking about a million different things and a lot of times they aren't anything relevant to the particular environment and the context that you're in so when we talk about flow and when we talk about let's say helping someone access that kind of part of the mind or let's say that part of the spirit that can kind of allow them to experience joy and allow them to most importantly experience some sort of relief flow comes in hand because flow allows them to sort of take this particular let's say and i kind of am hesitant to use this term but energy right this sort of energy right access it and kind of take it and and use it to sort of envelop themselves into a particular activity where it allows them to shut that anxious part of their brain down in order to feel some sense of joy or some sense of relief while they're taking it and they're sort of performing that particular activity, whatever that may be for them. Mm. Well, right. Uh, that makes sense to me, right? If, if their attention is scattered, yeah. there's so many things going on, so many stimuli, and it's as if they can't even focus themselves. Engaging in a flow state activity or learning about flow state and how to then engage in that would definitely help them get out of their trauma, get out of their neuroses, so to speak. Right. Um, I find that very interesting. I find it interesting also that you were talking about energies. Right. It's not supposed to be the woo, -woo uh, but <laughs> if you guys don't know, Alan is our designated woo woo guy. I'm quite woo. -woo. I don't know if you guys see in the background we have power of now and seven habits of highly effective people, but we do have flow by um, Mikhaili 
Mick Chikchikta. I can't even pronounce his name. It's a huge last name. You guys gotta figure out what the pronunciation is. But um, yeah. I mean, uh, for me, like, why, why definitely, at least from from my end, why I definitely want to talk about flow is, it's not that it's just um, a way for people who are uh, suffering from uh, traumas or um, other kinds of issues. It's, it's kind of, uh, I think it's useful for even the everyday yeah. uh, person. Because, I mean, mm, how much are we taught from childhood about how our mind works? Right. Uh, usually the program is you, you go to school, it's kind of structured in a way where you learn math, science, English, and yeah, sometimes you will find stuff in, in English class, uh, some beautiful pieces of literature that really can open up your mind. Right, and give you an access to the human psyche and human nature. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is how people have kind of come to uh, those areas of study themselves. Mm -hmm. However, it's not as yet like as mainstream as, as it really should be because like information like uh, about flow is I think paramount to mm, gro our growth and development actually as the human species. Right. And thing is, I think it's important because I mean um, there are people who um, ruminate all the time that they, they, they think too much um, and about the wrong things <laughs> because it's not as though they're trying to problem solve because they're often trapped in their sort of psyches and they're trapped in their past and they think about these various events that happen to them especially as it pertains to what's called chronic long-term trauma where they just think over and over again about events that they can't necessarily change anymore that's right and actually um, for example in the book Power of Now yeah. by Eckhart Tolle yeah. he'll uh, talk about how people uh, their attention is either usually it's either in the past mm -hmm. or in the future yeah. uh, in the past reliving maybe let's say past traumas right. or just just things that they they it's not necessary for them to remember it, right. it's not like they're in a state where they're brainstorming right. it's kind of something that kind of automatically right. occurs right, right. Um, then there's the thoughts of the future anxiety yeah. uh, and to to be fair one of the points that he actually makes in his book mm -hmm. which I find interesting and not so woo-woo <laughs> uh, is that when you are thinking about the past you're doing it now yeah. when you think about the future mm -hmm. you're doing it now but the past and the future don't have any uh, reality of of their own technically except right. as a concept right. that well, we've kind of created as a yeah but I, I, I think his point was, I mean, I've never actually read his book, but I, from what I've heard about him, it's not so much that you can't sort of think about the past or think about the future, but I think the point was not to be excessive in it, to dwell on it. Right, right? to not have yeah. a bad relationship right, right, right. with mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, why I found this book to be very interesting, mm -hmm. um, and this does tie in with flow, mm -hmm. um, because one of the main points of the book is uh, how to be present to the moment. Mm -hmm. Engaging in flow, actually, uh, is is a is a pathway yeah. into the present moment right and uh whenever somebody is fully engaged in uh, an activity mm -hmm. uh via flow mm -hmm. they everything else like uh concepts of past and future of of traumas and and uh, uh different neuroses right uh, they kind of disappear because they're so engaged in that activity. Yeah. Uh, they're in such an optimal state of focus mm -hmm. that 
it's as if those things that bother them don't exist for that period of time. Right. There's, uh, it, it completely cuts off the momentum of yeah. that, uh, of those thoughts and, and traumas. Mm -hmm. And it's my belief. Right. Um, I mean, I think more research should be done on this, mm -hmm. but it's definitely my belief that the more someone engages in flow state activities, right. especially someone who's uh, experienced traumas or has had a bad relationship with, uh, with their own past right. or, or anxiety or anything like that, mm -hmm. the more they do those uh, activities and engage in those activities, they kind of slow down the momentum mm -hmm. of those thoughts right. and, and, and uh, those feelings. Right. And so kind of from what I know about it, it seems like what the flow state sort of consists of is channeling those kind of emotions and most importantly channeling anxiety. So something that I always deal with, or let's not say always, but frequently deal with when it comes to sort of with the therapy and with my clients is that essentially they tell me that emotions are kind of their enemies. And it's never the case, right? I mean, it definitely could be, but it's never the case that sort of per se emotions are your enemies. Because technically speaking, when it comes to sort of, let's say, anxiety, when it comes to, let's say, sadness, when it comes to let's say anger right but you know anger and sadness are in themselves let's say not so relevant to the subject but when it comes to these sort of perceived quote-unquote negative emotions mm. it's so interesting because there's really not or can't or don't always have to be so negative so when we talk about sort of that flow state right you can actually and what you are doing is right and it's something that you said to me earlier and i hope that alan gets a chance to tell you guys right about sort of this idea that this activity right that it's not too easy not too hard right so what that means is that uh, yeah right. right so do you want to first before actually I yeah yeah go ahead so to enter flow right because that's actually very important it's not just important to highlight what flow is and why it's important to go into flow there's actually ways uh, and methods to enter a flow state and actually there are many uh, at first I'll uh, say this um, whatever activity you will be engaging in is something that has to be something that matches your current skill set mm -hmm. so it can't be something that's too difficult because right. otherwise it's too overwhelming yep. and it'll uh, you'll be discouraged and you may not try to engage in that activity right. then if it's something that's too easy uh, it's not challenging enough um, it doesn't really consume much of your attention right. and um, it's not so good but when you have a challenge that is moderately difficult yep. to borrow a word that we aren't helping with right? <laughs> uh, something that's uh, moderately difficult um, it'll match your current skill set and it, it'll be something that will kind of um, have you let's say leaning on your edge right. in a sense yep. and, and I love that term leaning on your edge I gotta come back to it I gotta but I'm gonna come back to it I like that term I, I blame Tony <laughs> Robbins and all those guys but, <laughs> I um, but anyway yeah. uh, I digress so yeah uh, leaning on your edge when you're leaning on your edge you're trying your your hardest and it's not something that's so it, it's it's strange it's like um for example one example of a flow state activity that could put you in flow which is actually it's important uh let's say in the in the area in the domain let's say of exercise yep so i'll uh, preface this with a story um once upon a time <laughs> I was uh, not such a happy guy, yeah. right? I, I was, uh, um, what's what's the word? Uh, neuro, <laughs> neuro, neuro, mm, neurotic. I was neurotic. <laughs> That's right. I see. I, I couldn't even access that. My brain wouldn't allow me because I've forgotten what that was. No, like, it's probably because you're in the flow state. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> it's nice to be very neurotic, <laughs> think a lot, all that. Yeah. But the moment I started going to the gym and uh, I was running, uh, of course I did it on a treadmill. I was uh, once upon a time like uh, 300 pounds, all that. Uh, not to stroke my, okay. Main point, <laughs> main point, okay, because I was getting off. All right, what I did was, as I was uh, running, uh, oh, I'd also be listening to music, but that may or may not be necessary. But um, while I was running, and it, it wasn't uh, too difficult, it was for as long as I could manage, um, I would start to, like, at least mentally, relax. Mm -hmm. it, it was very strange. It, it was as if, like... All the things that were uh, bothering me, whether it was a relationship or something going on with my family or uh, maybe even things that aren't even real, but I was just perceiving it like that in my mind because people do that. That, right. that exists, yeah. Um, I noticed that, yeah, I would, I would go into a flow state. Like, I didn't know it was flow at the time, actually. Uh, I was like, I thought it was magic. Mm -hmm. It actually... I, it was very cool, like especially while I was listening to music, I would be uh, creating music videos in yeah. my head yeah, as yeah. I'm running. Mm -hmm. It was cool. I listened to let's say Metallica or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like boom, the battle. <laughs> and I was like, song. yeah, it felt really good. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, so uh, that helped me a lot because as I noticed that I was feeling really good while running, I kept engaging in those activities, yeah. and the more I engaged in that, the the better and more clear my thinking overall became. I mean, of course, it's mainly centered on the activity. Like, that's what the combo is about, about right. the activity itself. Yeah. But I noticed that I wanted to do that activity more and more because right. I kept accessing that state. Right, and one could even argue that in the sense that you were progressing in that activity, right? You're building your muscles, you're building your stamina. Yeah, that's right. True. So, I mean, if you think about it, right, and we talk about kind of what's called self-actualization, right? Uh -huh. Yes, right, this concept of, like, I want to be kind of, like, the best person that I can be, that's certainly a part of it. Mm -hmm. But just to kind of go back a sec, right? Of course, so, of course. To, so, to that part about emotions, right? And so I love it because Alan mentioned this part about, like, what flow is in terms of, let's say, difficulty levels. So when we talk about emotions and when we talk about emotions as your friends rather than kind of your enemies technically speaking it actually maps pretty well on our concept psychologically speaking of anxiety so anxiety right it exists let's say like on the bell curve right like we all kind of seen that statistical bell curve right and sort of right you know kind of peaks on top with the summit right and it has these two sort of endpoints and so the thing is with anxiety right we have this sort of cultural misconception that it's this terrible thing and nobody should be anxious right sort of there have been so many different books have written about sort of stop worrying stop being anxious Stop being afraid, right? But technically speaking, that anxiety is actually a good thing. So if you think about it, right, and you look at it in terms of, let's say, you look at it in terms of kind of like um, this sort of spectrum of anxiety, right? So mm -hmm. let's say if we were to kind of map it out in the, um, let's say to use an example, let's say I want to become an MD, right? So I want to become a doctor. And if we were to map it out in that way, right, let's say sort of at the one end of the spectrum, there isn't much motivation, right? Let's say the person at that end of the spectrum doesn't really want to become a doctor. So therefore, he's not really anxious. So there isn't any motivation. There's no anxiety, right? So this idea is that like I don't really – or his idea is essentially or her idea is that I don't want to become a doctor. It's not important to me. So there has to be some fear of failure in order to achieve whatever it is that you want to. So if let's say there's no motivation, in essence, there's no anxiety either. But then when Very we get – Yes. I actually, I mean, you could read, oh, sorry, go ahead. Right, right. You could reason this, yeah. but I've never heard it put that way. Okay. So, yeah, like, uh, 
just real quick. <laughs> Normally, when we're talking here, it's like as if we both assume that we both know right, right, right. That's that true. each other knows. Yeah. But this is very cool, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. So then at the other end of the spectrum, we have too much anxiety, which is debilitating, right? So that end of the spectrum, right, technically speaking, there would be motivation, but it's so sort of this idea of, let's say, becoming a doctor. It's so sort of intense, and it's so kind of tied in with the person's identity that the motivation is essentially squashed by the debilitating anxiety. So the person doesn't really actually act toward that goal. But then here in the middle is what we call the sweet spot of anxiety. Uh-huh. Where it's, yeah, so it's not too little, right, that there's obviously no kind of motivation or consideration of whatever the goal is in the beginning but there isn't too much where the consideration of the goal is essentially kind of squashed by obviously the debility which is why we come full circle back to flow Yes. Right. Yeah. And well, when we talk about flow, why I think it really maps well to this is when we talk about sort of the peak of this, right? So the peak of anxiety says that it has to be moderate, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially saying that in a sense that the challenge can't be too easy where like, let's say if I, if, let's say I didn't care about a doc, being a doctor or becoming a doctor, I could say, well, it's because maybe it's too easy, right? Which is, I mean, just bear with me for hypothetical terms. So it, let's say it's, it's, it's sort of in more of the hypothetical sense. So let's say it's too easy, right? So the person's like, I don't care, right? This wouldn't make me feel good about myself. There is likely another reason for it, but let's say if it were another activity, right, the person may not want to do it because it's too easy. Mm-hmm. But then at the other end of the spectrum, you have the debilitating anxiety, which may mean that, well, you know, I don't want to become a doctor because it's too hard for me. And it's not something that I'd be interested in. So if maybe this person were to take the sort of first step to becoming a doctor, essentially they'd be paralyzed just knowing, oh my God, there's no possible way that I could do it. Mm-hmm. But then, right, let's say if somebody really loves medicine and they really believe in themselves, then they're at that optimal state of anxiety where they're in sort of flu- right and it can be conceptualized that way where the flow state is essentially not only this sort of drive and this energy and this sort of let's say um filtered vision right into what you want to become into your sort of goal right but it's also this idea that i want to or i don't want to fail it's i'm afraid of failing right then so therefore because I don't want to fail, right? It's going to sort of help me, motiv- or it's going to help motivate me to become this person, or to mm-hmm. become, or to reach this particular goal that I want to. So it's sort of going hand in hand with the drive of I want to become a doctor, and the sort of fear of, oh my God, I don't really want to fail at this, because it's really important to me. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied in with my identity, where let's say the person doesn't have to say, oh, well, if I don't become a doctor, you know, I'm just, I want to give up on life. I mean, the person may know that there are, there are other options for them. And you know what? They may be reasonably good options for them. But for them, sort of becoming a doctor, let's say, is the pinnacle of what they want to do for a living. And so for them, it's the first option. So it's not all or nothing. Whereas, like, the paralyzed person might think if I'm, it's doctor or bust, right? And the other person might think, I don't even care what I do for a living, right? None of this really matters to me. But, right, so, but the optimal sort of state says, like, it's not all or nothing, but this is what I really want to do, and sort of that flow state, right, and kind of going back to sort of trauma, it's sort of rechanneling that anxiety, it's taking that anxiety and using it for something constructive, mm. right? So, in that case, then I want to tie it to something we discussed kind of prior to yeah. the podcast, um, we made some notes, <laughs> and actually, <laughs> we one thing, down. <laughs> yeah, one thing, uh, we were looking at an article about uh, self-actualization, yeah, and uh, one of the things that Leon wrote down was uh, purpose, which I kind of wanted to uh, get into actually right mm-hmm. now, which is, so based on what you just said, that means that whoever, let's say, is watching this, right. and they're kind of trying to determine where they're at, right. uh, let's say they have something they, um, well, okay, let me put it this way, uh, purpose, right? right? Would you say that for the person watching this, if let's say they identify whatever is um, their purpose in life, or let's say 
uh, they don't have one, right. would would you recommend that, uh, like in the case with someone wanting to be a doctor, right. would you recommend that they try to find out what that purpose is, or if they already, of course, I mean, that goes without saying, right. uh, maybe I'm just po- posturing for the <laughs> audience, I don't know, uh, but would you say then, let's say they know what their purpose is, right. uh, is there something, I suppose, you'd it's, this is very difficult, actually. Um, it, it, say somebody has a purpose, like uh, not necessarily wanting to be a doctor. Right. Uh, I don't know. Let's say they want to be uh, an engineer or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, would you recommend that? Like, what would you say that somebody who has a purpose that they want to do? What do you think that they should do to? Uh, if if they're wow, this is a lot of uh, studying. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We'll edit this out. <laughs> but uh, say, uh, what would you recommend somebody does in order to uh, get themselves into flow with whatever their uh, field of study is? Right. Like or uh, how would they orient themselves? Because the in case of somebody who uh, is presented with the option of oh, you can be a doctor, right. or, or something like that. It, it's not like, or, or for example, for the person who it's too difficult to become a doctor, right. I mean, how would you suggest that whoever's watching this, how would they orient right. themselves in order to kind of gauge where they're at with, with their vision, with their purpose, mm-hmm. in order so that they can attempt to access flow within that purpose. This way, they can kind of align themselves in a way that... Mm, uh, gets them on their path because here's the thing like so I'm sure somebody can have a purpose right. but then it's too general for example when I say purpose for anyone who's watching this it can be a million different things for whoever's yes, watching yes yes and I think that that's an important point so yeah. before I answer your question so what I want to really focus on is this concept of self-actualization and what that means so a lot of my ideas are essentially not really my ideas so they of come course, no. <laughs> as most ideas really aren't so they come from the clinical psychologist named Scott Barry Kaufman so he teaches at Columbia University and he actually he's pretty much he studies self-actualization mm-hmm. and he's I would say the forerunner or at at least in sort of modern times, the forerunner of that concept. And so the way sort of um, that he defines it as this, let's say self-actualization in this sense is essentially the optimal self, being the kind of best person that you can be. And so the connection that I find within that, within his whole sort of construct of self-actualization and with, between that and flow is essentially this idea of purpose. It's sort of like, well, self-actualization is essentially, it's combined of these various concepts, 10 different things, right? These 10 different things that make you the best person that you can possibly be. And and so one of them, a really significant portion of it is what's called the sense of purpose, right? And so for, for Scott, this example or his example is essentially something along the lines of, I feel a great responsibility and duty to accomplish a particular mission in life. So for him, the flow state, right, if we could kind of, if he would even call it that, which he might, right? Because he's like, Right. And, and he certainly, he knows full well about the concept. He's actually written about it as well. Of course. Right. This article was centered on self-actualization. Yeah. Right. So essentially for him, that kind of flow comes through that particular sense of having a mission in life. So for him, a mission in life could literally be anything. And it doesn't... Oh, I, I, okay. Yeah. I see. And, and, so, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like, let's say, a particular career. And so like when my clients come in, they frequently tell me, or not, well, maybe not frequently, but sometimes they tell me like, hey, you know, I'm really unhappy with my life and I'm unhappy with my career and I made a bunch of bad choices. Therefore, like it's impossible for me to feel like I have a purpose. And that's actually not true because technically speaking, we have various purposes in our lives that we create 
create every single day. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, right, like let's say you picking up the phone and actually calling your mom, which apparently most Americans don't do, right? That's in a sense of purpose because you're making her happy in that particular moment, right? Sort of being there for a grieving friend or being there for a friend who's upset, that's another purpose. Let's say being, even studying, right? Going to, let's say, a class, or maybe even a class you don't like and let's say taking a particular course that, you know, let's say may not in the particular moment enrich you, but is sort of leading to something better, right? Leading to, let's say, a particular degree that you want. That's purpose, mm -hmm. right? Sort of taking care of your child, taking care of even the pet, right? All of that is purpose. So when we kind of conceptualize purpose, there's actually no hierarchy here, which is the beautiful thing about it. And so I just really just use the term doctor in the sense of like, you know, it's just something that people can kind of, um, let's say, What's the word? They can. It's something. It's an image that pops up frequently in people's minds, right? Like they know doctor, right? and they think, oh, hard, hard thing to do, right? So, which is why if we kind of talk about that chart, right, it's something that'll quickly make sense for people. That makes sense, right? Yeah. And then, so but when we talk about purpose, there's literally no hierarchy to it. So, and that I think is the beauty of flow state that it literally is accessible to every single person who wants it. No, that absolutely, um, and that's really interesting that you you could have anything as your purpose, yes, right? right? Um, but again, back to what uh, how to get into flow right. is it something that kind of meets with um, your current skill set or kind of is moderately challenging. Right. So, for example, I mean, okay, I guess if somebody doesn't call their mom all the time and then they call their mom, there may be a feeling yeah. somebody might have prior to that phone call. Right. It's probably not something that they can't handle, but it is something that they might feel, uh, I wouldn't say anxiety, but there, there's definitely some kind of... I've had it. Well, there could be anxiety myself. if you haven't talked to her in a long time. So, okay, <laughs> yeah. so I would definitely say this. That once upon a time, I did not call my parents every day. Yeah. Uh, now I do. It's something I got into. It's a, it's a habit. You know? Yeah. Uh, but when I was in, engaging uh, in trying to perform the habit every day, um, yeah, yeah, prior to that call, I felt like it was a little difficult. Right. Then when I did finally do it, I realized, oh, this is great. And then... I'm talking to them now. And you enjoy it. And I, yeah, right. and I do enjoy right. it. And I also feel good about it because I'm kind of fulfilling my duty, my purpose. Yes, yeah. Right. Right. At least in that <laughs> sense. Good. Yeah, okay. right? Um, what do you think about You're being this? a good son, right? Is that not like one of our It's roles? definitely fulfilling yes. something. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I definitely feel good about it. That's yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but don't you think in I, like having some kind of grand purpose mm -hmm. even though i understand what you what you literally just said which is right. there really shouldn't be any kind of hierarchy right but i kind of noticed that when you do have a, a grand purpose at least in my own experience right. uh it's it's very strange it's like you kind of develop these um quote-unquote personal boundaries right. to non nonsense uh let me let's say it differently uh I suppose, um, okay, so once upon a time, I used to have, uh, be, uh, like, rumin you know, ruminate a lot, think a lot, all that. Yeah. Once I did decide on what my purpose was, uh, which is, of course, something kind of that this podcast kind of lines up with, which right. is telling people about concepts like flow state, yep. and other ones we're definitely going to discuss somewhere down the line. Um, I definitely want to get into ego, but that's a... Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> that's a different one. Uh but anyway, narcissistic personality disorder. <laughs> yeah, we could get yeah. into yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, where was I? Right, flow state. No, yeah, I know. No, that I know. These are the bloopers. These are yeah. Hmm. Right. So when I started, oh, grand purpose, the grand purpose, exactly, right? Yeah. Right. 
once I realized what my own grand purpose was, right. I realized I wasn't thinking as much about those other things. Yeah. I was, it kind of cleared up my thinking. Mm -hmm. um, I would say even the purpose itself put me in a flow state. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was as if it was kind of like for the whole day, every day. Right. Now, I wouldn't say, um, I wouldn't characterize all the attributes of that particular version of the flow state. Mm -hmm. And I understand we're probably... This would require a few more distinctions and nuance to kind of uh, build on this. I mean, yeah, the kind of flow state you might engage in through exercise yep. or uh, doing uh, any kind of task that kind of engages you yep. uh, it may be different from what I'm trying to put out here, but um, it definitely felt like for the whole day I would maintain sort of this um, uh, these boundaries to yep. uh, my own... Uh, automatic thought processes. It was right. as if I wouldn't even let uh, bullshit in. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, w would you say that that's kind of like, you know, going into flow if you have some something that you're kind of aiming for every single day? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I understand that normally when you're talking about flow state, mm -hmm. it's something that it happens for a while or for as long as you engage in a certain activity. Yeah. But um, it's at least my belief, my woo-woo belief, uh -huh, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that's going to be a constant joke throughout the podcast, <laughs> by the way. Um, that when you do have this grand purpose, as opposed to it could be any purpose, right. it, it kind of uh, is also something that um, can put you into flow. Right. I, I mean, uh, I would say to anyone watching, mm -hmm. if let's say they don't have a purpose... Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, make one, write, write one and, down maybe. And yeah. I would even argue that a lot of you guys out there already probably do have several purposes. I mean, you're all in some way, you're either family members, friends, right? You engage in activities that you enjoy. So technically speaking, right, when we talk about a sort of grand purpose, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's, you know, kind of quote unquote self-transcendent. So if you think about it, right, if mm. hypothetically speaking, if let's say running, right, running is that thing that would get you into flow state, right? That thing that really sort of kind of gears you up and gets you going. Mm. You can technically become a marathon runner and that could be a grand purpose. It doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be one big thing and then it doesn't have to be something that's connected to yeah but wouldn't you say that uh maybe then the purpose would be i mean yeah i get it the purpose of running is to run right well I, to develop it, in this case if we're if you're going to become a marathon runner right right to develop stamina to develop let's say your muscle mass but say you're trying to then become a marathon runner would you right. say becoming a marathon runner is then that yes purpose? right the grand purpose or a grand purpose I see. so i when you say grand purpose i think what you're saying it's is, it's mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's like uh, it's just something i, uh, I i'm kind of borrowing this from the woo woo people from, what you got i'm just but from, <laughs> this, like, from self help right, right. uh a lot of different uh, motivational speakers yeah. or um people in self-help yeah. uh they uh, really talk a lot. It's it's common kind of thread mm -hmm. uh, about having a, a grand like a, this big vision right. that you're trying to strive towards. Mm -hmm. And when you have this big vision, and different people will um, wax philosophically on what it does. Mm -hmm. One person that um, I'm gonna refrain from saying his name, okay. but one person who because uh, he's not uh, maybe one day mm -hmm. it's fine. Uh, he says, when you have a really grand, like a huge purpose in life, mm -hmm. you automatically develop the, these personal boundaries that like keep anything that has nothing to do with that purpose mm -hmm. away from you. Mm -hmm. When I pr when I tried it, 
You know, because uh, when I first heard this idea, it sounded great. And I was like, okay, cool. And then also, when I was studying psychology, philosophy, it's not like I heard anyone talk about how to practically use certain concepts. It was just more like just elaborating on what those concepts are and what they mean. Mm -hmm. But when you get into the, you know, uh, being practical with it, I did notice that a lot of... Uh, I'm saying this one for the fifth time. <laughs> I noticed a lot of uh, things that used to bother me didn't bother me right. anymore. But that's, you know, but that's interesting. But what I mean, you're saying about having like uh, all kinds of purposes. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be yeah. a grand purpose. Right. And so it's interesting yeah. because as I'm sure you know, you've read Viktor Frankl. He argued essentially that the sort of purpose that we have in life is actually a multitude of purposes. That it's actually a response to a particular environment and to the context that we're in. So if let's say, you know, something sort of, let's say if you're in a trying sort of circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe perhaps you know, let's say a loved one is sort of sick or is ill, right? You know, kind of in sort of more in a more kind of simple example. So a loved one is sick and so Victor Franco would say like, okay, so what is life demanding of you at this moment, right? What is its purpose, right, right. in this case? And so, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be a grand purpose because, I mean, who knows how long a person can well, be Well, that's so, that's, that, Right. That just totally okay. Finally, <laughs> that that definitely makes a lot of sense. Right, right. So it's like life demands a certain purpose of you, and in that particular case, the purpose could be being a caregiver, right? And it's sort of very similar to what we talked about earlier, right? With let's say even calling your mom. Technically speaking, maybe your life doesn't demand it, but maybe your mom does that you call her, right? And in a sense, you're fulfilling a purpose in that sense, right? You're sort of your that's your objective, right? And it's a one it's an objective that's particularly or could be connected to this idea of flow. Could be connected to this idea of like I'm gonna really enjoy this thing that I'm doing in a moment and I'm going to sort of put all of my energy into it. Whether it is or isn't connected to anxiety, I'm not sure that it has to be, right? Because it could be sort of a more relaxed activity. But I think the point of flow is essentially is that you're putting everything that you have, you're being mindful of what you're doing. Mm. I mean, I would, I would say, say even doing this podcast yes. is a way to into flow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually very funny. As I'm talking, like, actually feel good that we're right doing right this. right it's, yes it's, it's interesting right and i'm not thinking about anything but this podcast right now and the sort of with the ideas that we're talking about right and i have all of these ideas in my head as i'm sure you do of yours but this is like the perfect example of love this podcast it's sort of taking taking kind of the world around you and shutting it off and doing this thing that you believe needs to be done right whether it's a purpose or whether it's just something that you feel like you enjoy and, and what's fascinating, fascinating very fascinating actually is prior to us even doing this podcast we were kind of like thinking about how we're going to do it right and we weren't sure how it's going to go but i like it (laughs) we're just talking uh i the ideas that maybe i struggled with prior to this conversation uh, are coming out way more clearly and succinctly yeah uh I definitely know, we were even talking yesterday, and I was like, uh-oh. I kept, like, brain farting and not remembering anything that, like, we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. But actually, when you engage in the conversation, it's it's different. Right. Uh, it's as if you have um, access to right. that information that you learn. I, I guess this is a different, like, topic probably for another podcast, right. but there is something that's always been fascinating to me, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say this for a quick second, which is... I always wondered why when kind of you're by yourself and you try to think about the things that you've learned in life, mm-hmm. why sometimes when you think about them just on your own, yeah. depending in what state you're in or what's going on, you may not have access to the things that you learned. Yeah. Unless 
you're doing something or talking about something related to it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's right you have access. And right. I believe, uh, and definitely from this experience, uh, if especially if you're doing some kind of speaking engagement or you're speaking to somebody, um, I think it is pretty reliable uh, that uh, like a conversation, like knowing that when once you engage in conversation, mm-hmm. once you engage in some kind of task like a podcast or something right. like that, uh, perhaps it is like okay to think that you'll know what to say while right. doing it. Mm-hmm. That is something, for example, to anyone watching, they'd have to uh, try it on their own just to see what that's like. Mm-hmm. And don't just take my word for it, our word for it, rather. Um, but um, definitely in practice, that is very interesting. Right. And I would argue that it's possible that your anxiety level was at peak level, right? That it wasn't so... Be- right. And I, think I don't want to admit that. Right. But I think before we start... No, I, think, I, think before, <laughs> I think before we started it, the both of us, literally our anxieties were like through the roof, right? So it was literally probably... Well, I mean, that's to like, be fair, you looked a little more calm. Oh, my... <laughs> I didn't think so, but yeah, but I think it was at the other end where it was debilitating and then something happened, man. And it's like, have you ever seen um, that movie with Kevin Costner for Love of the Game? Yes. (gasps) Dude, I love that movie. Do you remember that scene where literally we're there at Yankee Stadium and he's like mode activator and then he literally shuts everything around him off and And just, yeah, and he's complete, that's flow. That is, if I've ever seen it, that is literally the perfect example of flow, just perfection, literally, because it's like when you're running, right? I mean, technically, there are distractions, but they're minor, right? And let's say maybe, well, you're even giving the speech, right? It's still minor distractions. I mean, you might have kind of people shuffling in the crowd or maybe a little bit of noise here and there. But, like, this dude was literally in the middle of one of the loudest baseball stadiums in the entire country, and he just shut it off and did what he needed to do. Wild. This is just wild. I was thinking about the Matrix. Oh yeah, yeah. That but I'm not scene. sure. That was a good scene too. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna set this off the bullets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that's a different one. That's woo woo flop. I don't want to. Yeah. Woo woo flop. But man, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so now, to anyone watching, you definitely understand what flow is, uh, why flow is important, and why it's it's good for you to know about, and if someone you know around you doesn't know about stuff like that uh, or you want to let them know about um, you know different facets of the mind how they work and kind of try to make something like this mainstream I think be very helpful yeah Uh, because I I do find that we live in one of the probably the greatest time ever in human history so far definitely so far yeah Uh, (laughs) we're all connected via smartphone internet all that Uh, we can definitely talk about topics like this and release it on the internet and if uh and and not even just us actually one thing that i want to do is i want to like definitely give credit to anyone who does stuff like this uh whether it's a joe rogan uh (laughs) shout out yeah shout out uh, to joe rogan um whether it's uh i mean you name it like there are so many uh if we're talking about uh famous okay uh neil degrasse tyson uh Noam Chomsky, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what should we call it? Uh, yeah, there, there are just so many uh, pioneers of um, just incredible thought and and people who are uh, out there now on, on the internet. And I think that um, spreading information like this, even though it's it is already being released by uh, different people, um, I think it is important that more and more people talk about subjects like this and get it to as many people as possible. Yeah. I think that 
releasing info like this causes a sort of, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, like a ripple effect. Right. I love that term. Yeah. yeah. It's like, even if the influence is small, mm -hmm. whatever, it doesn't matter, it still definitely changes something. Yeah. It, it, it adds some kind of uh, an influence out there. It puts it out there. It'll slightly change... Um, Whoever's, uh, let's say, watching slightly, right. they may then talk about topics like these or, right. or look more into it, maybe read a book about it, something yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the hope of, of, of right. this podcast. And this is only just the topic of a um, flow. Uh, there are so many things that we can talk about. Um, I definitely, I mean, I'm not going to get fully into it, but one thing that I definitely want to talk about somewhere down the line. Yeah is ego and mm, I know you don't like the authentic self. No, I'm kidding. No, I do. I like it. I like it. It's not part of this podcast. It's too much. It's yeah, no, too, no, sorry. Too, that's much, what too much that's for this podcast. Saying, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm um, an existentialist, man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there, I, I can't wait to talk about definitely yeah. other things. Um, I, I definitely know if we really wanted to, we could talk all day about flow. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of... <laughs> Having your a, time. a decent size uh, <laughs> podcast, or definitely since right. our first one, we're definitely. Um, I think I think we're good. Would you? Yeah. Is there anything else well, maybe you'd like to say about? I mean, uh, flow? the only well, not about flow itself, but I think about just our podcast in general, and sort of just hopefully the concept of ideas in general that I just I wanted you guys to know that no matter what we do right it's not even though we present you guys with information and you know we talk about various facets let's say of our lives and the things that we read about that these are supposed to be open discussions that sort of there are very few things in life that are actually settled so what the hope is right that is that this podcast turns into a bigger discussion about even let's say the concept of flow right and sort of various experiences of that and maybe because you know we talked about this sort of um it's motivational energy, right? And then we talked about the anxiety facet of it. But maybe there's something else that we're missing, right? Maybe there are more aspects. 100%. Right. And definitely yeah. somewhere down the line, we're going to have guests right. who yeah. know about and, and, these topics, can elaborate on it. Right. And also, since our first one, I'm sure <laughs> there's, as we do it more and more, right. we're going to get way better at yeah. podcasting. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. we're going to just be like, and you know what uh, <laughs> Richard Bandler said in his book? <laughs> Neuro linguistic programming. <laughs> page forty three. Page forty three. <laughs> Line ten. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think we just wanted you guys to know that regardless of whatever, right, we're sort of we're always open to discussion and we hope that you guys do leave comments in the section below. Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks for watching. Thanks a lot.